Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and it's my hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Well, today I have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine. It's been fun to reconnect with him. Omar is a missionary. He's currently serving in Guadalajara, Mexico. And just to tell you a little bit about Omar, as you get to know him in our time together, uh, Omar previously served as a missionary pastor for five years in his native country of Peru and as a Sunday school teacher at his sending church in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where we met. He got a master's of, Master of Arts degree in Theological and Intercultural Studies at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And his hobbies include photography and playing chess. It is a joy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's, it's a joy for me also to be in the show. What I want to know is, first of all, how is Guadalajara, Mexico? How, how are you doing? How long have you been there? Uh, we have been we have been in Mexico for two years, and we have been here in this state, state of Jalisco, city of Guadalajara, for one year. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a big city. The metropolitan area of Guadalajara, because it's called Guadalajara, is around seven million people. It's a city, city life. Guadalajara is the second biggest city in Mexico after Mexico City. It's a city that has modern, modern things, but also they keep some of their traditional stuff. That's very cool. But you see more of the traditional stuff outside the city. But yeah, it has that mix. And then what's your primary role there as, as a missionary? My primary role is church planting, discipleship, and uh, training of local partners, local believers as well. Our goal is to plant churches, but not just by ourselves. We want to engage with local believers or pastors and identify people that is called to plant a church. So we do work with them to plant the church. I do as much as I can help you for four or five years, and then I move away. So that person, that local partner, is going to stay there as a pastor. That's the idea. So we've talked a little bit about you. We've talked a little bit about Guadalajara. Tell me about the people of Guadalajara. What are they like? Well, the, the people here, uh, they, uh, they're very proud of their city. They're very proud of their city. And um, this is the city where the mariachi was born. Really? Mariachi. Yeah, it was in Guadalajara. Well, Guadalajara is mariachi and the, uh, the tequila, the famous drink that came from Guadalajara. Um, Santana. The guitar player, he was born in Jalisco in this state. So there is a, there's a lot of art here. There is a couple of, um, there is a couple of uh, uh, cine movie directors that won Oscars. Guillermo del Toro, I think, is the last one. And he's also from, from Guadalajara. And so, um, yeah, the people's very proud of the city. Um, also, uh, the evangelical percent in Guadalajara is around two to three percent only. That's it. So this area, Guadalajara, belongs to a bigger area called the Bajío, Mexican Bajío. Mexican Bajío include different states in the center 
more or less a central area of Mexico. And in the Americas, the Bajio is the biggest and the biggest and darkest area in the America. So like if you go to Peru or you go to Brazil, you're gonna, there's, there's gonna be small towns, there's gonna be places in the jungle where there is no gospel at all. There's some cities as well. But here, this, this includes several states, four, five, six states, and there's millions of people. And so the percentage in a general sense will be like three, 3.5%, Guadalajara is 2%, 3%. It's very low, Evangelica. It's crazy, I didn't know that before. But yeah. And so the, the other 98%, yeah, there is, is Catholicism, very, very extreme Catholicism. And uh, there is a growing number also of uh, people that they kind of go tired of the Catholicism and they think that they know Christianism, so they don't want to know anything with Christianism. So they're embracing a culture that is like a post-Christian post culture. So we're, so we're even seeing a, a post-Christian culture in yeah, Mexico yeah, now. Yeah, we start seeing a, a, a post-Christian culture, uh, especially in youth people, young people, um, because they think they didn't find what their heart was needing in the Catholicism. So they kind of say, oh, I don't want to know anything with Christianity. And so they start embracing other things. But most of the people, is, is, yeah, it's a very, very Catholic. You don't see many Angelical churches here. <laughs> so how is that a barrier to evangelism? How, how do you go about sharing the gospel with such a large Catholic population? Well, we're working with the church first. So we do evangelism, evangelism, we work with the church, but we do individually as well. And so, um, honestly, we try to use different techniques, different approaches, different ways to engage people. Uh, like right now, for instance, we are uh, we are using WhatsApp. I don't know if uh, many people in the, you're familiar with WhatsApp. No? So okay, it, so uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's an app that is mostly used in other parts of the world. I know I found out about it when I was in Uganda. Right. Uh, it's not as big here in America, but it it's everywhere outside of the United States. Yeah, and so uh, we are doing um, we are doing a Bible reading. We're reading the book. Mark, and we have two groups in WhatsApp, um, and so we invite them to read the Bible, to read Mark with us, and we have been sharing, we, we have been working, we're in chapter 7, 6, 7, so we, we have been showing who Jesus is. So many people think about Jesus here, you know, like a good, a good teacher, and yeah, the Son of God, but they have no idea much of what it is. So we, little by little, we are learning things. And we start sharing the gospel, and there is one lady that she uh, she had converted. She was extremely Catholic, but now I think she com she has converted in one of those WhatsApp groups. So we are excited about that, and I think that that's a, that's an interesting way to work, especially in, in these days of quarantine. And uh, we need to be aware of the um, resources available so we can use it. And uh, one of my best friends here, and someone with I have been. Uh, you know, talking with him about about God, about Christ, start to share in the gospel with him. I meet him, for instance, before I come to Guadalajara, and so I do photography, and I go to a, 
I, I knew that was coming to Guadalajara, so I go to a Facebook group that say Mexican photographers. Once I'm in that group, I start targeting photographers from this city. And I start sending messages, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's this? Hey, I'm gonna move this, move, move there, and you have any advice? And so for the time when we came to Guadalajara, we already have friends. <laughs> yeah, we have friends that we met online. So it was nice to, to meet them personally. And we're still friends, and we're still friends, and we have some uh, meaningful conversations. But that was, that's what I was saying. I do believe that this is, uh, if we divide history of missions, it, so far it's three different, different parts in the history of missions. Some missiologists say that this is, the, this is the time for the technology time for missions. I do believe that. I do believe that we do a lot of stuff in, te in technology, especially with people that live in the cities. Of course, nothing is going to replace the personal relationship, you know, face to face. But I do think that technology is a great tool. It's a great tool. I agree. In fact, I know someone who has a weekly Bible study uh, over the phone. And it's not even through an app. It's just a, a phone line, a conference call, and has somewhere around 50 or 75 people joining his weekly Bible study. And wow. he hears stories of people getting saved. Somebody who I think hadn't been to church in something like 70 years, I attended his Bible study and the Lord saved that person. Uh, or, or how does he do? By, by the phone, you say? Yeah, he just teaches a Bible study through, through the phone. He, he's actually terrible with technology, believe it or not. God is using him in technology. So. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, if you're listening to this, yeah, buddy, I'm talking about you. <laughs> That's awesome. So now let me ask you this. Why Guadalajara? Is that something that you chose or did the missions board say there was a need there? How did you end up there? Well, um, that was not my, my plan was first, uh, I coming from Peru, go to the U.S. My plan was to go to the 1040 window. And so at that time, but then when we went through the process, we found out that there was open service positions here in the Americas. Before that, we thought that there was just a couple of places in, in, in the Amazon basin. There were several open positions in different countries. And so little by little, the Lord convicted me to start praying about the Americas. I, didn't, I really did not want to come back to a uh, Spanish-speaking country. But yeah, the Lord started moving the things forward. Uh, they showed me different, there was options in Argentina, in Colombia, in Mexico. And so uh, I already made some friends in, in, when I was in the U.S., I met some Mexican friends. So I was a little bit familiar with the Mexican culture. And yeah, so we saw Mexico, we saw different, different areas. There were like four or five places. Uh, we meet the people that was in charge here. There's a family here that had been for 10 years. And we start talking and talking. And um, when I found out that we got along very well and we found out the great need that there was in, here in this area. That is not very well known. I mean, I, I wonder why it's not very well known that such a huge area with such a low percentage of evangelical. Why is, why is it not very really known? <laughs> I don't know why. And, um, and so, yeah, we, 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 we pray and I think the Lord led us to. Well, uh, yeah, that's how it is. 
And it's a very strategic place, by the way. It's a very strategic. Whatever happens here is going to affect later on the, on the other states around. So, so there's a lot of influence there. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the main. This is the main city in all the Bajio area with different states. This is the main city. One of the things we we talked about before we actually started recording the interview was the topic of spiritual warfare, and that's something that here in in America we often don't talk about. That we don't think in terms of spiritual warfare. Tell me a little bit about what what is it like as a as a missionary? What is spiritual warfare? How do you recognize it? And how can we learn to fight against it in, in the Lord's power? Well, uh, you know, years ago, I read a story, a little story that have been sticking in my mind for all these years. Uh, there was a man that was, uh, he got a new house. And so he started, he was a star cleaning his garden. He had a big yard and so he started cleaning. Someone told him, hey, be careful because uh, I hear there is snakes in this area. Ah, in, in, in your garden, they told him actually, in your yard. He said, ah, I don't think so. And so he started cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And then one day he's cleaning some dry leaves and he feels something that starts <laughs> around his leg. And he saw and there was a snake. And somehow he got rid of the snake but since that moment, he started seeing snakes everywhere, everywhere inside his house when he was asleep. He got a little bit paranoid about snakes. And so um, he went from one extreme to the other. <laughs> and, uh, and that's something that um, we need to be cautious about when we, we, we talk or we uh, study about spiritual warfare, you know, to not ignore it at all but neither to see snakes everywhere. But uh, it is a reality because this is in the scripture. You, you know, it's in the scripture, even that the name, spiritual warfare, I don't think the name exactly like that is in the scripture, but that the teaching it is, right? So the teaching is, it's not Trinity word in the scripture, but the teaching is in the scripture. It's very um, obvious that there is a spiritual warfare here. When I was serving in Peru, it was more obvious to me. Well, I was five years there. I am just one year here in Guadalajara, but it was much more obvious to me. Uh, I was a single, and I, they sent me as a missionary to a town, a small town, where there was no church. And um, there was a lot of witchcraft in that town. And yeah, there, was, there were things that were, wouldn't, wouldn't make sense. When I wanted to go to a small town that I knew there was witchcraft or a star like that, I, I sometimes well, I, I was not looking for that, but I would bring like, you know, something like a, a, a bull will be standing in front of the town and not letting me go in. And the bull was coming to me and he was beating me. There was nothing I could do. That was in my dream. That was crazy. In my dream, I was like on the ground and the bull was... And then all of a sudden, a light will come and boom, and the wool will disappear. And there was like a, I don't know, something like an angel or something like that, or, or Jesus or something, but the wool will disappear and then I will move forward into the town. I never looked for those things, but those things were happening. And, made me think, and it made me think, wow, uh, there is no way that I can share the gospel in that specific place if it's not for God's intervention in this. 
So here in, in Mexico, I have no experience things like that. But, uh, you know, there, there is, there is the, the, the sense, there is, you, you notice that as you get, you start talking to people more and more and get more involved in missions and sharing the gospel, many things around you happen. Your kids sometimes get sick. Sometimes they wake you up two or three times uh, the night before when you are going to preach. Always. The night before you're going to preach, you, you don't sleep. Because always there's going to be things happening. Um, but yeah, things like that. But we are keeping in prayer. We keep in prayer. And uh, we have people that's praying for us as well. We're very thankful for that. Um, we're just doing what we think the God want. And we start to see some fruit. We have started to see soul fruit. It's just like when we battle our own flesh, our sinful nature is is rearing its ugly head in some issue or how we snapped at somebody or whatever the case is. And it's just a matter of praying and, and giving it to the Lord and, and moving on. It makes sense that you fight it the same way you do fighting other things. You fight it with prayer and with fellowship yeah. and, and obviously yeah, we, with the word. We believe that like they say three enemies, one is our flesh, the another one is the world. I don't mean by the word the creation. I mean the system that right. is rebel against God. And the other is the devil. And I do think that there is a spiritual warfare a lot in the U.S. But it manifests in a different way. It's more intellectual. It's more like um, the Mormons, the Jehovah Witness. Those sects came from, came from the U.S. And uh, yeah, it's more like it's, it's a different way. One of the other things that you talked about was being refined. God refining, what are some ways that you feel God has been refining you over your years um, as a missionary? I think family has been <laughs> one of the tools that God has used to refine, to mature. When I was single, I will be doing missions and preachings all day. and I have available time, all the times. I could go, I went to other countries, I was back and forth doing different things. And then when I got married, things changed. So it adds some more pressure, but also it's more fun. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then, uh, and so I have to have a lot of patience with myself, in the family. And I don't have as much time for teaching the scriptures or engaging people as I used to have. But uh, I noticed that, and I learned that serving God is not only serving outside your home, but also inside your home. You know, so, um, and, um, serving, and so it made me understand because when I was a pastor and I was single, I will, you know, I will always be pushing to serve God outside your home. Now that I am married with the years, I understand that you can serve God outside your home, you can serve God inside your home. And so, so yeah, so marriage, have been, marriage and family have been the more refining tool, I think, in my life <laughs> so far. Yes. Boy, that is so true. You know, it, so often we can, we can lose sight of the fact that, you know, oh, we're so focused on ministry out there and right. we run the risk of shipwrecking and destroying the ministry within our very home. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, so that I've been very refining. The other thing that I want to mention is also working with and, and having friends that are from a different culture than mine. So I'm Hispanic, 
but I have many friends that are American. My, some of my bosses are Americans. And so there is diff cultural differences with that. And so that has been refining for me as well. One of the things American culture is very time oriented. And I'm not time oriented. I'm more relationship oriented. <laughs> so I am learning to be more time oriented because, yeah, you mean, to be more sharp and time and punctual and all the stuff. So that's, that's, that's the thing. How can we be praying for you and for the people of Guadalajara? Okay, uh, please pray the, for this uh, the virus situation. We are in a kind of limbo right now. We are weeks behind the U.S. with this virus situation. And so there is an old saying that say that, um, you know, when, the, when the, uh, the U.S. get like a cold, Mexico get like a pneumonia or something like that. <laughs> and so uh, there is, with this quarantine thing, there is more poverty right now. And this is gonna, sure there's gonna be more poverty in Mexico after all this quarantine situation passed. So that's, that's sure, unfortunately. Um, but the other thing is that um, the Mexican culture is very, say, very friendly, very related. They hug, they kiss, they cheat. Big families are always hanging out together. So that's, that's a very hard thing. <laughs> they are, it's hard for people here to keep their distance. And I do pray and I really hope that, that this virus does not hit Mexico in a very, very bad way. It can happen. We don't know. We are now in level three, level three, but I'm praying that nothing really bad happened here. There's people that they, they just don't, don't care. And there's people that they take some measures, but, um, but the economy has been already affected. So the first thing will be to pray for this situation in Mexico. Um, also pray for us uh, as a missionaries. We got approved some donations. We we we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're making some uh, food care package package that we are gonna be distributing like two hundred and some. So we wanna we're praying for safety. We're praying for for us to not get sick. We're gonna well, we are gonna be doing this, and we're gonna distribute this food and gospel tracts as well. And an invitation to join some of those uh, online groups where we are studying the scriptures. So please pray for that project. And that will be it. Well, brother, it, it was a joy once again to, to talk with you. And thank you so much for sharing uh, your time with us. But most of all, thank you for sharing your life with the people of Mexico for Christ. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, Anthony. And thank you for being part of my uh, prayer group prayer team prayer warriors as well and um yeah i hope to i hope to see you soon and goodbye to everybody all right brother love love you take care well that's our show for today i hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in god's word looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of him our love for him and our service to him if you've enjoyed what you've heard visit us graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.